0: I'm not ready for me DJ uh, Apparently we're not MC mm.
1: Motherfucker right, Well we're ready
0: Yeah we're yeah, waiting man, the straight Rafa waiting.
1: the rapper Fucking multi-talented bro. Motherfucking Motherfucker's a chef
0: <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker's a chef <laughs> uh, Cook in the kitchen hey, The you, rapping bro. chef Bro what are you doing hey, right hey, now what is, hey, what is the hold up You're connected hey, I'm, I am connected hey, I'm just looking for Hey y'all ever uh, make
1: Y'all you ever make something to eat so <laughs> saying to yourself, damn, this is fire.
0: <laughs> shit fire. Here we go. What
2: the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck is what the fuck is that? Is that a fucking
0: camera? It's a video. <laughs> is that a fucking camera? Let me see this. Oh, shit,
2: man. Uh. Niggas got me underneath surveillance and shit. <laughs> man. Fuck that, yo. You know what I'm saying? Y'all niggas wanna get me on camera and shit and all that. Y'all niggas wanna see what the fuck I do and shit. This is what it is right here, yo. Check it. Ain't your motherfucking business. You know what the fuck it is. You know I'm better spit that shit, nigga. What happens if you throw him in the pool, huh? What, what happens, nigga? What? Hey. They, they talking that, that rapping shit. They ain't about that. Matter of fact, throw me in the lab without the pen in the bed. And stop talking like that, motherfucker. They, they talking that,
1: that rapping shit. They ain't about that. Matter
2: of fact, throw me in the lab without the pen in the bed. Like you they, they ain't like that. Yo, fucker, I, need I need that, that on my, my bike, bro. To stay warm, he matches, you sound like Jadakiss. You was working on that Jadakiss vibe. Nah, you know but what it was? Latex, you know what it was? I had to like. I had to record like really low because my daughter was like three years old. <laughs> That like, shit really? hard as fuck, <laughs> Real shit. I had to record it like
3: Damn, low Ralph as fuck, so I was got like, "Oh, it's a little
1: blood flow sh- my sh- I know.
0: Uh, what the
1: fuck? Rafa got fucking talent.
0: Damn. Y'all weren't ready for that. <laughs> Welcome to the LG nineteen oh four show. <laughs>
1: yeah!
0: What the fuck? What in the actual fuck just happened? Fucking wild. Rafa,
2: can I get your
3: autograph? I don't know. I was on, s-
2: bro. I was on a sick one. How old were you? Fucking like twenty nineteen, yeah, yeah. Prime addiction. Oh yeah, just I haven't even hit half country. in the bag. Yeah, like I I just hit county, and like two weeks after that video, it's fucking went instant, in
1: again. Instant, <laughs> instantly too hard for the yard. You
2: know what I'm saying? You do three months in county. Fuck, you know what yeah, I'm saying? You're a you come deg- out, you got fresh you're fresh
1: fucking, bars, fucking fresh fucking bars for days. War hero and shit. You know what I mean?
0: How many base lines did you write while you were
1: locked up, Charlie? A fat zero i zero at facilities where there wasn't um, famous people locked up there. But I've been to some places where like Rick James and fuck and um, Ike Turner were at, and that, what? they donated a shitload of money. And one time I was in a place up north that um, the bass player for Social D, oh wow, was there, and he donated a bunch of money. And what so t- they 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 had, they had a fucking they had a, a bass guitar and a drum set and some amplifiers and some guitars and fucking. I didn't. I didn't do much. I was in the mix. Rock, Rock out till we get pro- out. Yeah, I, I was in the mix. <laughs> I was in the mix.
0: I was too busy fucking around and finding out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was pretty cool, Rafa. Yeah, so a, lot a lot of people don't, don't
0: know that. Mike, how are you? I'm wonderful. This prompt. This really was prompted by Mike because he's currently working on an album right now. Yes, sir. Yes, it's what? almost done too. One song. Just one song. One song. When do you go back to finish it? Tomorrow. Oh, shit. Hell, yeah. So when I
3: missed that call from Jay Andrews, yeah, calling because I have a studio session scheduled tomorrow. Oh. Tomorrow. Oh, I fucking, tomorrow. Shit.
0: fucking, I love seeing people do the most with their time, and you definitely are one oh of those people. God. You come spend every Tuesday with me in the print shop. Yep. You take 67 calls while you're here. Bro, that shit's crazy That's on
3: an easy day 67 calls is an easy day
0: Hey, but 69 is a great day <laughs> Hey, you know what,
3: though? By the end of the day You want to throw your fucking phone out the window, dude it's For like, real? It's a, lot. it's a lot
0: So we didn't get into that Mostly at, when we had you want to tell your story But you you and your partner own six recovery homes Or sober livings as sober we call
3: livings. them Sober livings Yes recovery residents
0: so your phone what's an average day phone calls and texts
3: average oh, uh average is about 60 calls i would say on a busy day would be about 80 i would say i get probably 40 to 50 texts maybe more than that on the average 40, yeah 40
0: texts a day nice i love it i love i love watching you hustle it's it's like because uh, i'm finding my groove in this print shop where it's managing getting new clients getting invoices getting artwork like all the office quote-unquote office work outside of setting up screens and printing shirts
3: yeah well you know it's the the crazy part about it is when i answer the phone i have to have some compassion in my voice right so even if if it's the first call of the day or it's the 60 call of day, like my attitude could determine what happens to this person on the other line, right? Fact. Say they're finally reaching out for help, right? Right. And uh, there's an asshole of like, what do you want? Who is this? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. they're going to be like, fuck that. I'm out. I'm I'm to call the no man. Answers. He always answers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I have to have a good attitude and kind of be uplifting a little bit and, I'll you and I, if, if they don't pull the trigger on moving into sober living, I always end the
2: call with, I believe in you. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. That's what's up. Uh, yeah. I always see your demeanor change when you answer the phone. I yeah, know.
3: I go straight to professional. i like, This is
2: Michael. How <laughs> can I help you? Uh, <laughs> all right, he's in here just rapping. <laughs>
0: hey, how's it going? this is Michael Morrison. How can I help you? Yeah. Fairmont Recovery. <laughs> Finger blasting biddies, big titties. Yo, this is Michael, Fairmont Park Recovery. How can I help? <laughs> He doesn't say that or do those things. He's a never. very respectful man.
3: Hello. My mama didn't raise me that way.
0: <laughs> Go on. Well, I see you got something over there, Charlie. What yeah, you got for I, me?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just living the dream, dude. Yeah? Me and all you guys, everybody around here, we just, you know, I came here a little riled up right now, a little annoyed <laughs> and uh, and immediately was reminded of who I am and what I am and where I came from. Mm. And it doesn't take long. I can just, well, you guys make, you guys always make me happy. So (laughs) that's easy. I like to ride motorcycles too. And I get to do that every day. So starting off with that, you know what I mean? I'm not in a, I'm not in a fucking cell in some gated community in the desert. You know what I mean? Eating ramen noodles. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Eating ramen to stay full.
1: And like he said, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you guys do it because early on in recovery, they offered um, the, the program that I came through, they offered me a couple of houses to manage. And, like, it's, you know, you're dealing with fucking broken ass people, dude, that are sidestepping their parole or their probation. They're trying to get over, they're trying to get past the court card so they can do whatever they want. And fucking what I noticed is when people would come to the house where I lived, the words were the same from the people that were bullshitting and the people that were really sick and ready, mm-hmm. sick and tired and ready to do something about it. The words mm-hmm. were exactly the same. So you almost like I judge I judge the people. I'm like, oh, this this kid's gonna make it. This kid's gonna make it. Is that fuck that kid doesn't have a fucking chance. And I it'd be opposite. But the words were the same. Yeah. You know yeah. What well, I
3: mean? definitely that's what I see. If a kid comes in, he's saying all the right shit, or he know he's bullshitting me. Mm. You know, the kid that's like done. He's like, I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna listen. Tell me what to do. Right. The other kid's like, Oh, dude, I know, I know what I gotta do, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. And I'm
0: like, That all sounds too good. Yeah, <laughs> you know
3: what I mean. That sounds yeah. too easy. It's not right. that easy.
0: I've been that guy. But yeah. Like, I I know what to say to get these people to leave me the fuck alone. And truth was, they probably were gonna leave me alone regardless. Mm. <laughs> but I had to. Ta da! Yeah, and you know, you know, it's a trip. Like when I came in,
2: like I went straight into. I went straight to crash. And this is how sick I was. I was... I had my two phones on me. Because, you know, you got to have your two phones. I have my book bag on. And I'm trying to find this place. And I have, like, the GPS, like, looking for the shit. And I'm on the phone with the guy um, that was doing the intake. I can't remember who he was. But I was walking down the street. And, like, these college kids were, like, walking towards me. And I didn't see them. And they bumped into me. And my phone fucking fell. And... I was like, I'm sorry about that. And homeboy said, I bet you were sorry. And I turned around and I grabbed the phone. I smacked the fucking dog shit out of him with the phone. And then the dude on the phone with me that was trying to, like, figure out where the fuck I was at. He goes, did you just smack somebody in the face? And I turned around and I saw him in the window. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. Nah. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he was like, man, just get your ass in here. <laughs> and, I, and I went in there man And like they ori- like He was originally gonna like Just tell me to come back another day Like when I walked in But he saw that I was really broken Like I was really broken And like I really didn't know what to expect And it took me like Seven fucking months To unpack my shit In that program Like I just did not unpack my shit Like I didn't want to get clean Like I just wanted to I just wanted to Not go to prison for fucking Six, seven years You know,
3: I think that it's important for us as people in recovery that change their life and they're doing something different to to look at how we live and how we act. Right. Because we are the example. Right. So if a new guy comes in and he's looking at you, he's like, oh, Mike's got nine years clean and and I'm being a piece of shit. He's like, that's what nine years clean looks like. Mm. I'm not interested in that. Right. You know, and we got to try to have love and compassion for those people that have no idea what recovery's like, or, you know, what life—what life's like outside of fucking getting loaded. That, yeah. You know what I
1: mean? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had no plan. I was clueless when I was through my my teens and my 20s and my 30s. I never had a plan, and I had no idea what, you know, even the simplest things is like, you know, Looking out the window and watch people, looking out the, tweaking out the window and seeing people get in their cars early as fuck with like their lunch and their fucking boots or whatever. Or if it's a lady or, or her little handbag and her lunch or whatever, going to work or wherever they were going. I don't know. It just seemed like another planet from where I was. Mm. And all the busy people driving by, driving by when I'm walking or riding the Rusty Beach Cruiser or whatever the fuck I was doing, tweaked out. You know what I mean? People used to fucking walk around me when they see me wiggling up the street. <laughs> you know, like fucking and I'd be like pissed because fuck who the why are you looking at me like that like as if like like what do I look different fucking probably dude (laughs) probably probably yeah you know and um now it's a trip man because my my standard my standard greeting that I say to people when I meet them when they introduce themselves to me or if I introduce myself to somebody is I say it's my pleasure and, mm-hmm. it's, and it usually is. I'm not lying. It right. usually is my pleasure to to shake hands or hug whoever, you know, in whatever situation. Trippy thing about today is I'm straight up. Everywhere I go, people are glad to see me, man. You know what I mean? It's a trip. Yeah. Like I'm not fucking. I mean, there's probably people that don't like me. And they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> but I'll probably be nice I'll probably be nice to him anyways. I probably don't even know they don't like me because I'm going to be nice to him anyways. Because like, you know, like, like Michael said, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to be the best version of myself hmm. because the people that I love deserve that. You know what I mean? And I had, a you know, I had a low spot. I'm coming, coming out of a low spot. I have no will will for anybody. I don't have, you know, I don't have. No I put the list away the the people I'm gonna kill you know what I mean I just put I just put it away dude. did you like, pull it out for a bit no, it's just put away like mentally it's put away like i I'm not gonna fucking I'm not gonna hunt people and kill people if oh if the shit hits the fan i'm gonna whack this person first and then these other four people in order and then ha ha got you I told you I' get you and I got you you know whatever I don't live like that man i I try to I'm trying to do things different and um trying to fucking stay grounded and trying to fucking work harder on my program not not be so laxed as i have been in the last um years you know what i mean <clears throat> and shit's coming around man like i feel i have peace i have peace in my heart you know i have straight up i fucking i fucking got a broken heart man it's mending. It's almost fully mended. I don't even really know how to fucking describe the shit. But you know what? I'm not fucking mad at people. I'm not, a, I'm not mad at her. You know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, it's uncomfortable to be around her, man. Yeah. And, uh, and, but I, have, I, I love her, man, and I want her to do good. I want her to be happy, and I want her to win. Because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to fucking win. Whatever it is, whatever I want in life, I'm going to get it. And, that, and, the, and it's been true the last 11 years, man. Whatever I've, whatever I've set my mind on, I get it.
0: Hey, and, Charlie, when you were younger, did you ever try to get clean? I don't know if we ever touched on dude, that. Did you ever went to meetings dude, and things like that?
1: No fucking way. No, no way? No fucking way, dude. Like, I was, I was in jail and then on a court card... And I lived at a place called Fellowship Center in Escondido. And I was biding my time till I could get high. It was never fucking... And when I go to the fucking... To an NA meeting, I went to a lot of them. I swear to God, it was like... We'll we'll <laughs> when I was in there, dude, I, I, it, was like an, it was like they were speaking a, a, a foreign language. You know, and, and I thought it was... I thought it was a click and I thought it was a bunch of lame rats, <laughs> and and uh, I was just there, but it was like the words were like so muffled and so foreign to me, mm-hmm. and this people seemed super phony happy, and you know this is what what I'm what, when I was at the Fellowship Center. That's fucking, that's over thirty years ago. Holy shit So it's like It's a long time ago I was 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 in the 90s Yeah dude I was about to say I never heard of that Fellowship center
0: I've heard of it It's still around It's still there
1: The fellowship center And then right next door Is called the Serenity house Oh
0: yeah And up the street Is Casa
1: Yeah I don't know about I don't know about Casa But But yeah And then And then The guy The guy that was Running the program He said You know my parents Paid the rent for me that was after rehab, I went there. My parents paid my rent for me. The guy called me in the office and he said, hey, you haven't paid your rent for three months. And I said, oh yes, I have, because my parents paid it. And then they said, well, we, we, don't, ha- we don't show any record of any of your money, any of your rent being paid. So I called my mom and I said, mom, they're, say- they're saying that we didn't pay the rent. And she says, well, yes, we did. And I said, well, they're saying that I have to pay the rent. And, and she said, well, you can just come home. You're, you're better now. And I was fucking high in about five minutes. Fuck, five minutes. Just tear, I was tearing it up. In this, the.
0: <clears throat> Did you ever bump into anybody that you ran the streets with? That was like doing the deal.
1: Not for a really really long time, you know. Like one one of the actual people. Rest in peace, man, Johnny Grab, man. Mm. Johnny God Gr- damn, Johnny Grab. You know James Head. I've been locked up with Chad Hanson you know not to name drop but fucking those are people that i know that I knew you know chad's, a,
2: chad's a big big boy he's dude they're all all of fucking, them are he's
1: a fucking good dude man those guys are fucking top of the fucking line man like and and from where we i say we you know from where we were to where we are right now fuck i i, I see i check him out I check those guys out on a regular basis went swimming at james's James's new pad in the swimming pool the other day, just me and him and fucking watching my friends, watching, watching my friend turn into a little kid jumping into his, his own, his very own swimming pool was like, it was fucking remarkable, dude. Like come fucking on guys, like five years, dude, you know, six years clean and you fucking, you're, you're in a house and you're fucking, it's yours. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're all fucking we all want to fucking get to where we don't ever have to move again. You know what I mean? I'm, Dude, not, and I'm, not, hear, I'm not there yet, but. As a matter of time.
0: But to hear about those fools, like, because everybody, like, when it comes to anybody that knew somebody in the streets, like, yo, those dudes were savages. I've heard that about Chad, and I've heard about that, James. Like, those dudes ran the fucking streets. Just, and to know them now, the nicest yeah, fucking the, dudes in the world.
1: Absolutely, the fucking most solid fucking people in the world. But, you know, Johnny Grab, man, when I was a little kid, I say little kid when I was a teenager and I and I I was living with a girl in an apartment right by the railroad tracks. And um, (coughs) there were some dudes down the street that sold meth and they were kind of dicks. Right. They were fucking you get burnt sometimes and there was nothing you could fucking. What are you going to do, kid? You know what I mean? What are you going to do, punk? And they fuck because they were all penitentiary fucking guys. Right. (coughs) Right. So I knew, I lived right next to Johnny Grab's sister, Missy. And um, so I was always standing around, you know. I was always, you know, trying to, you know, I, was a, I wasn't balling nothing, dude. I was a fucking, I was a little low-level fucking thieving tweaker, dude. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd steal and I'd fucking get whatever I could get for whatever I had. And I'd give shit away for some meth. And fucking Johnny Grab comes over. It, and I had been, been in county jail with him before. And, fucking, so he knew who I was, and he knew I, he knew I knew his sister. So, he said, hey, man, what's about to go down at this pad right here? You don't want no fucking part of it, little homie. And, fucking, but he goes, you might want to watch. And, fucking, I just backed up across the street and stood on the curb, and, fucking, Johnny and some other big dudes went in there, and they, fucking, yanked them dudes out and beat the fucking bark off of them, stomped the fucking shit out of them, took all their shit, and, fucking, left. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like... like <laughs> Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. That's my motherfucking homie right there. <laughs> then we're busted together, and I ro- he was my road dog a whole, one whole fucking term. And he winged me, dude. I swear to God. You know, he's a little dude, right? But he was seven feet tall, man, and fucking he was my, kind of my fucking – he was my big brother. Fast forward, decades later, I'm at a men's meeting in Claremont, and fucking I just bought the white bike. And uh, <clears throat> I'm looking across at this – Older dude, right? You don't have long hair. He's kind of bald, pat, male pattern baldness, whatever. <laughs> and I'm looking at this dude, and I go, oh, my God, man. That's fucking Johnny Grav. And I had heard he was doing good. And fucking he looks at me, and he goes, one Eye Charlie. I <laughs> said, what's up, man? And he fucking, right in the middle of the meeting. Dude, the meeting's going on, and we're fucking basically interrupting the meeting. We met in the middle of the room and fucking hugged. And fucking after the meeting, he's, I stood by my bike, and he goes, is that your fucking bike, Holmes? You know, Holmes, he says, "Oh <laughs> is that your bike, Ohms? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, dude, I just bought one. And fucking never rode a bike before in my life, but I rode it home from Harley the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I he, the first time he ever rode a Harley was from the dealership home. Oh, my God. Fucking what sa- a savage. Fucking savage, dude. Uh-huh. And that motherfucker, man, you know, he was, he was learning how to ride his shit. But in his eyes, man, in his eyes... He loves the motorcycle. He loves Harley Davidson as much as me, dude. And that's pretty that's that's a big deal, man. Straight yeah, up. I just got fucking gnarly dude, goosebumps. Dude, I love that guy. Rest in peace. I love him and his wife, man. Everybody did, man. Everybody yeah. did. If you ever talked to him one time, you loved that oh, dude. Oh god,
0: man. dude. When he started coming around, I was like, I need this dude around all He's the time. Fucking mm-hmm. man Just good fucking positive energy like dude, at all times.
1: Up. And LFG to the oh, bone, homie. to the
0: fucking bone. Fucking hey, dude. Yeah, I love that guy. Mike, you see, you see more of the newcomers, and and I'm I'm getting back into going to meetings. This is good. This is good for me, but fucking, I, I, I kind of want to dissect what's going on now because I feel like with newcomers, and we've talked about this at length. This is the entitlement.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, this is my opinion too. I wanna I wanna put that out there. My opinion, but, not fact. Um, you know, with the government idea of treating addiction is you know medically assisted treatment uh covering housing well if if we could just give them housing they can get it together on their own you know what i mean so (laughs) so you know like right away they're not it's they're being taken care of so just a quick backstory for me like my aunt enabled me in my whole life, right? I made a mess. She cleaned it up. So Mike never had to face any of Mike's shit and deal with it on his own. Someone always did it for me. And and, and pretty much that's what is going on now with the Medi-Cal funding is they're... They're coming in like, well, medi paying my rent. What do I need a job for, man? I'm doing good. They're paying my rent. I got a food stamp card. Like, what do I? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So there's no urgency to get a job. There's no urgency to get a car. Like, you know, I got my bus pass. I got my food stamp card. I'm fucking
1: existing. medi paying my and, and And the ethic, the work ethic that comes for, for someone like me all my jobs I ever had till I was 40 were in, in uh, detention facilities. So I, I went to work because I had to, and I did whatever minimal fucking shit they had me do. So when I was in sober living, the rent was super cheap, but you had to pay it mm-hmm. and you had to get out of the house. Like you had to go, you had to go. And so I learned, I learned to fuck. I learned how to fucking change the toilet paper roll in sober living. I learned how to make my bed every day in sober living, man. Mm. That, and, and this is when I, when I'm fucking 40 years old. And it stuck. Like, you will never, and, and it's not the toilet paper roll, man. It's the fucking, it's the ethic behind when you use the last bit of the toilet paper. You automatically put it on. You don't even think about it. And now it's a trip because I get up and I go to work. And I, you know, I have a super easy schedule. I'm not going to fucking try to be like I'm some kind of fucking gnarly work guy. But
0: <laughs> Honest.
1: But when I come home from work. I don't even fucking remember making my bed, but my bed is always made when I get home. It's like automatic now. And so that was the li- your
3: first accomplishment. Uh, accomplishment that's of what the day. That's,
1: that's what your partner told me too. Yeah, he said, you know, he, even the littlest things. But so doing thing doing things that are positive like that without even thinking about it because it's become automatic are things that I learned in sober living, man. Because. I had to work I had to You know I had to I had to rub together uh, 235 bucks for two weeks That's what it was It was 235 for two weeks I had to make sure And man back then Life was so good man Back then if I had 30 bucks in my pocket After I paid my rent I was fucking bawling oh, Because God. I did have Because they did give me A bus pass And because they did Give me EBT card But I had to fucking Make the money To pay the rent mm. Well just I mean
3: just think If you did When you got clean Right and you moved In that sober living and they said, you know what, Charlie, we're going to pay for it for you. Huh? Yeah. What do I need to do? Oh, nothing. You don't need to do nothing, Charlie. Just yeah, don't do drugs. Where's the motivation? Yeah, yeah right? Right. Guess what, Charlie? Not we're going to give you a food stamp card so you have food. Right. Do you have a car? No, I don't. Okay, here's a bus pass mm-hmm. too. Where's yeah. the urgency? Yeah, there isn't, you know maybe. what I'm there saying? Isn't. So, like for me, it was the same way. I had to fucking get a job or I was going to have nowhere to live. Hey, Mike, is there, right, is there a
1: difference? Is, is there a, I have a question. Is, is there a difference between the amount of money someone that is working and staying clean and, and, and in the program pays you guys rent as opposed to a funded person? It's all the same. It's all the they same? Say,
3: they pay the same amount. So this is why, you know, we get all the time, man, Fairmount Park is too strict, man. Well, you're being, you're being pampered by someone's paying your rent, someone's paying for all your food, someone's giving you a bus pass. Someone needs to give you some structure. Yes. Yeah, someone needs to give you accountability. Because that's what you need if you recognize right. it or you're not. Right. You know, I had someone call and tell me that we were running uh, our houses as a dictatorship. And I said, I, at first I was mad and I thought about it and I was like, that's fucking right. Do what we're telling you to do or find somewhere else to live. It's not that difficult. Yeah, you want to sure. live here? This is the way we do things. This is the way you're going to do things. If not, there's a lot of other places that don't give a shit.
0: Well, here, fuckface Malone, let's take a step back and have a look at the situation. Your life sucks so bad, you have burnt every fucking bridge that has come your way. That now you are having to live in a sober living, and there's rules there. Yeah,
3: you don't want to follow the rules. Get a job. Yeah. Get a yeah. house. Get a car. Do what the fuck. Yeah, you Yeah,
0: because you were on such a hot streak before. You are now in this situation, so yeah, it's a little bit like you a dickhead. You
3: came in so hard winning that you were like, yeah. you know what? I'm doing so well in life. I'm gonna go to a sober. I'm
0: gonna now. go live with fucking four dudes in bunk beds. Because mm-hmm. things are going so fucking hot so, for but, me.
2: You know, like like Crash, like when, when I was in Crash. You had to, so if you weren't, because they had federal, they had AB one hundred and nine, they had MSO, so like all those guys, they get their their uh, treatment and their uh, housing funded, but when you were county, like I was, you had to pay your way out of Crash. Correct. Did you guys know that? Yeah, like, yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like you had to you had to pay your treatment fees yeah. before you left Crash. Yeah. How much That's was why it? It was like thirty six hundred bucks. Damn. Yeah, and I was, uh, and I, that's why it took me so long to get out. Like I was in there for like almost I was going on eight months, and I still wasn't sentenced and anything like that. But I was like, damn, I want to try to at least get out before, fucking. Um, I pay before, these fools. No, no, no. I want to try to get out of, out of the program before I get sentenced and still be outside to be with my kid for the holidays, because I was in there what May from may to like december oh and so you fucking lagged it so
0: you wouldn't graduate
2: no 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 i i was trying to get out i was trying to hustle my ass off and work as many hours as i can so i could pay my treatment fees so i could get out to see my daughter oh and then in the and then and when i wound up going to the judge and everything like that telling them that i was getting ready to transition out they were like yeah that's cool but you can't go home you got to go to sober living like we don't trust you that much you know Oof. i was like damn you know so what? i jumped into a sober living and shit like that and the sober living was kind of similar to to some of the structure from Crash too, you know. I've never been I never been to Fairmont Park, but from like sitting down on the outside looking in, it was kind of similar to that. It was off of Meridian, and um, out there behind the college fucking uh, the college Walmart, mm. and they had like the the point system like you guys have. They have all they had all kinds of shit, and um. It was like I'm falling right back into the structure. You know what I'm saying? But, like, had I had somebody. First off, I didn't want to be inside of treatment. I didn't want to get clean and everything like that. But shit started to click for me. You know, this heart. Like, I started, like, getting my responsibilities back. And I was finding out that I could do this shit without getting high and without getting drunk and without getting fucked off. You know, so, like, that, that drove me. To do, to do better. You know what I'm saying? I'm If I'm accumulating all these days clean and I'm getting all this shit done. I'm getting my freedom and I'm doing all this and that. And like, oh shit. Now they want to send me to the halfway house instead of sending me to prison for fucking three years. Like, fuck. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let me just keep doing what, what, what I've been doing. I feel like if I was to have to do that whole process now, I'd still be in my addiction.
3: Yeah, well, what I was going to say is like not talking down to these people that are like getting this help because right to be honest they don't know any better right so right i, I would say 30 percent of them you take the funding the medical funding away they're gonna hustle they're gonna get there you know what i mean yeah they're gonna do the right thing but say i'm in a uh, um, a county or a medical funded treatment facility and they're like you need to go to a sober living well i don't have money for a sober living we got you right so they're being set up for that right yeah and the, but the problem is is they're taking advantage of it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Well, how long are they going to pay? Well, some programs will help pay up to 9 months. Fuck yeah. So if I'm not really about it, I'm going to ride that shit out. I'm going to wait for it to run out. I'm going to relapse and I'm going to do it all over again and that's what's happening. Oh, oh wow. wow. You know wow. what I mean? And that's what's happening. Fucking they're boomerang. taking advantage of it as long as they can. Then their funding runs out and then, you know, but there's a couple of uh, programs that I, that we work with. That says, all right, we're going to give you three months to get your shit together and we're done. Now, I feel like that's reasonable.
1: Yeah. Right now, this person
3: knows, okay, well, I got so many months to get my shit together, you know, and the ones that are really about it, they get it together, you know what I mean? But not all of them, not all the programs are like that. Some of them Mm -hmm. pay up to nine months, you know, and Mm -hmm. I I just feel like that's too much. Yeah. You know, because... if like I said, if it happened to me when I first got right, clean, absolutely. I would have rolled that shit. I don't know any better. I ain't got no recovery, mm-hmm. right? I'm used to being homeless, and now these schools are saying they're gonna pay for me to live somewhere for nine months yeah, and yeah. give me food. Yeah. yeah, let's go.
0: Oh, thank yeah, you, you for well. subsidizing my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, so
3: there's no there's no urgency like like Charlie is talking about what or even Rafa is talking about what they had to do to get their life going yeah. and the work that they right. had to put in. There's none of that. There's no urgency. Right. Shit.
0: When I got down here, I, I moved into a sober living and this is before, right before I met you and Zach mostly, but fucking, uh, I was living downtown in a sober living that was 400 bucks a month and it was my own room. And I had a lot of shit cause I was coming out of a house and I fucking, I rode that out. I was like, I was in the car business, 400 bucks a month, living downtown. Waters. Boy, we was living. And it was co-ed. I don't think I need to expand on that. It was fucking, it was crazy. Yeah, some of them girls were beat, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they were beat. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's well known that you're, you're, you are you're guys play zero fucking games. It doesn't matter who your or your daddy, or your PO, or your fucking program is. You don't follow the rules here. You can fuck off.
3: I mean, I just and, think that's what it takes.
0: But there's some sober livings that like, oh, you got high in the house. All right. Um, you can't go anywhere for 30 days, but thanks for paying your rent. We got the check from your mom. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, that's why we started this. You know, like I was in a house where they asked me to be the manager. I had no idea how to be a house manager. All I knew was. I didn't want to get loaded, and I didn't want you getting loaded around me. So if I knew you were loaded, you had to go, or yeah. I would threaten to beat your ass. Yeah, that yeah. was, you know what I mean. I didn't know any different. I didn't have. I was managing sober living, ninety days clean. So the only thing I knew was I still had that street mentality, man. Yeah. I'll fuck you up, bro. Yeah, you know I what I mean. I
1: think I think your uh, situation needs a little bit of of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, So because it's like people. Sometimes people need to know that there's. You know, Consequences. A two-piece in a soda. <laughs> at the end of the blah blah blah, whatever. Or you know, but <clears throat> I wonder how it all works with uh, you know kicking people out. The the legality of kicking people out.
3: Well, there's a couple there's a couple tricks to it, you know. And uh, I got clean. I didn't get soft. So you Ooh. know what I mean. Hell yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes. So Sometimes that guy has to come out, you know what I mean? Because the way I look at it is the lives of all these other people in the house are in our hands. It's up to us to protect them. Yeah. So sometimes it takes what it takes, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are legal actions you can take as well. You know, most sober livings are considered as transitional housing, you know what I mean? So there are some laws that protect transitional housing, but you have to file... Like with the courts and this and that, restraining orders, all of that crazy shit. When sometimes you just pop your chest out, say, Look, motherfucker,
1: you're yeah, gonna back yeah. up. Exactly. But
3: with the women it's a little bit different, man. Yeah. You know? With men you can be like, Look, you need to get your shit and get the fuck out of here. You know, you talk to the women like that. Ah! You know, it's different. Yeah. It's yeah. it's way he different. Touch me. It's yeah, way, oh, all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, it's what? way different, you know, so like I just said leave. Our policy with the women's house is like, you know, we we live we live way in a looks at it. The men stick with the men and the women stick with the women. So what we try to do is we try to put some women in there that are about recovery because we're a recovery house. Yeah. You know, uh, and we try to give them the training that they need. You know, and sometimes it's just easier to say, hey, look, ma'am, you have to go. We're going to get you a hotel in Del Mar for the night. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. As possible yeah, yeah. away from the house, so they can't just walk back. You know mm, what I mean. Yeah. And sometimes it's just easier to do it that way. Normally with the men, if you like, yo, we don't want you here. Majority of the time, they're gonna like, wow, well, I want to be here anyways. Punk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Type of thing. We're like, thank you, good luck. We hope what you find, you find what <laughs> you're looking for. Mm.
0: You know. Okay. What about the other swing of things where if it's not a county-funded, it's uh, mom-and-pop-incorporated funded? So,
3: man, that's a lot, too, dude, because mom and dad don't understand recovery. Mm. They don't understand addiction, Mm. you know? And a lot of times, if you have to kick their son out, they're like, you guys are horrible people. Why are you doing to this, my son? Well, ma'am, he was shooting heroin in the bathroom. Yeah, but he's a good kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) But... Mom and dad enables them as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's worse than Medi-Cal. You know, like, I had this mom call me. The kid had been there two days, and she called, and she's like, you know, he just got out of a 30-day treatment facility. He's been with you guys for two or three days. We're thinking about rewarding him with a car. What do you think? I think that's a horrible idea. Like, why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah, why give. would you do that? Mm. And I'd explain to him why I thought it was a bad idea. And three days later, here comes this kid pulling up in this brand new car. Oh, you know my I mean? God. And mm. then a week later, he's loaded. And now he's got a new car to live in. Mm. Happens all the time,
1: man. Yeah. You What's know what it? I
0: think you should do instead, ma'am? Ignore his calls for a couple weeks. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Make him Tough resentful. Love. Yeah. Tough my, love.
1: My sister, Julie, she's probably the, my sister that I'm closest with. As I, she kept, she let me call the whole time I was locked up. She would always answer. My my parents didn't answer. My dad, if my dad answered, he'd say, "What? What do you want?" You know. And then it'd be, all of a sudden, it'd be my mom on the phone. But anyways, I was getting close to getting out. My my sister Julie said, "Well, you know, mom and dad said you can't come home. So whatever you got to do." And uh, I believed her, man. She lied. My dad never said that, but I believed her. <laughs> so. When they, start, when they started talking about going to a program, the only reason that I was a little bit more, you know, able to listen to the suggestion of going to a program was because I had no place to go, man. Mm-hmm. And so I got out and the counselors from the jail, they took me to um, Second Chance and I registered and then they took me to a place called Flicker House. And then Flicker House had no bed, so I slept on the floor for 10 days. And I didn't know fucking nobody. It was an Encanto. And it was just about to be New Year's Eve. And when New Year's Eve happened, it was like fucking Iraq, dude. It was... You could, you could tell what ethnicities were firing off their shit because it was fucking like Pisas and... based on the rounds. But dude, it was gnarly. But you could actually hear shells hitting the ground. It was yeah. all around us for like 20 minutes straight like Iraq. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, you know, I had 60 bucks from my books. And... Uh, I went to a meeting the first day out of jail and fucking a lot of shit in between, but I never fucking used, man. I, ne- I didn't use and everything started to work. And that's the thing. When I put, when I put in some work, I got fruit relatively quickly. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it paid off relatively quickly and I was moving with guys and girls going to the program every day in a fucking suit and a tie I had to be shaved, had to have my ID, had to have a dictionary, had to have, you know, a lot of things. You had to carry a dictionary?
0: Yep. yep. Oh, fuck. And
1: participate. You know, there's a lot of rules, a lot of rules at my program. You had to, you know, you had to posture up. Uh, you can't speak from your seat. You got to say your name before you uh, before you answer. You have to pop up, stand up. And like, My first name's John, so mm-hmm. if they ask a question... If somebody answers the question, it, that doesn't mean you're off the hook. You still have to participate. Like, so if they ask a question, somebody pops up, my name's Billy, and, and uh, you know, I think this, 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 and, it, and that's the answer I was going to say, and I'm already in the process of standing up. I'd say, my name's John. I concur. Oh, and shit. I sit back, and then I sit back down. That's participation, right? Mm-hmm. And fucking, it was a trip because at the, end of the, at the end of the program, we're about to graduate. They said, everybody stand with your nose against the wall. They say take a step back if you came unshaven, take a step back if you were late, take a step back if you clicked your teeth, rolled your eyes, used slang. You know, have the whole, everything's taken a step back, right? At the end, my nose was still up against the wall, man, and I was so fucking proud, dude, because I fucking tried, man. I tried, and they said, "Well, I guess we know who are, who's 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 giving our speech at our graduation," and mm. so I fucking with my mom and dad and my sister there, and the fucking media was there. I fucking I said a speech, dude. Like I, I didn't cuss. I wrote it out. It was all it was all gratitude and fucking how we're changing our lives. I was proud as fuck, dude. Like I was wearing a cap and gown. I never fucking wore a cap and gown before in my life, dude. I never Fine. I never graduated from nothing in my life. And I was fucking proud. And I don't know whether it I just some somehow along the way something happened to me, man, where I started to believe that what I was doing was something to believe in. And then the next, the day I graduated, I went to a sober living. And then relatively quickly, I made good friends at that sober living. And they were just coming out of crash, coming out of crash. There was only two people there from my program. and Everybody else was crash. People, people that were accountable for their, for staying clean. The people that came and used, like one girl came, she drank all the mouthwash in the house. All of a sudden, everybody's mouthwash is empty. And her drug of choice was fucking um, vanilla extract. So, and I'm like, there's a liquor store at the end of the fucking street. They got Jack Daniels. Right. You know what I mean? They got do. Jack Daniels. You <laughs> Jack know, Daniels. Jack, you know, Jack Daniels, like, you'd rather have fucking. Listerine? You'd rather have Listerine than fucking Jack Daniels But whatever. A
0: fucking weirdo. Fucking weirdo.
1: <laughs> but, um, but people came and people went. You know what I mean? And then, then I tripped out, too, and I liked it, too, when uh, the manager would come in and he'd say, everybody line up, we're testing. And everybody would just get up and go stand in line, man. And then me, too. But whereas before, I'd be like, oh, I fucking got to hurry up and, you know, whatever bullshit I was going to try to pull over them. And I thought, fuck, best way to pass pass a piss test is just be clean, man. You don't have to fucking go through all that bullshit. Right? You know I, I, mean? I
2: studied for this one.
1: <laughs> 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 motherfuckers. If, you know, and then for once in my life, my fucking, my parole agent was fucking nice to me, man. She said, you always done what I've asked you to do and you've always tested clean. Since, since the day you got out of jail, you've always tested clean. So you're going to less... Uh, intensive, le- less intensive uh, shit, more on paper with a with a occasional uh, uh, per, uh, uh, in-person visit. Huh. But everybody before me that was in line at the office, she said, well, you haven't given me a clean test and three tests. So you're the, you're going to this, you're going to this agent. He's, in, he's gnarly. He's coming out of juvenile hall. He's got a new, you're part of his new caseload. And the next person comes and She says the same thing to him, and then she said, and I, and then I go up there, and she said, Mister Royer, I said I heard what you told everybody else. I'm going to get, you know. She said, No, you're you're a different, you're a whole different story. You've always done what I asked you to do, and you've always tested clean since the day you got out of jail. So you're going to less informal. Yeah, man. And I was like, That's the first time this ever happened to me in my fucking life, and it all went can click. I could hear it audible click in my brain, like, okay. And, I, you know, I bought a Harley when I was at Sober Living. And uh, <clears throat> I owed restitution for the court, for the court um, charges and in the investigation and shit. And the, uh, the, uh, the auto theft uh, division, they were chasing me around for a while. And so I owed money. But I made $20 payments, man, for fucking a couple years, dude. And I fucking, on my, my last payment to, uh, on Ohio Street... I fucking backed my Harley into the fucking parking space in front of that place. I went in there and said, <laughs> damn, there's your 20 bucks, motherfucker!" <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. What a fucking roll! It's, it's, what, it's what a it's ride, trip. Man. It's a trip
2: when they put you. Like, I've never made informal. Man. I, I never made t- informal. And then, like, the, I didn't make informal until this last time. And Bro, they in put Virginia,
0: money. they had me. I had just gotten out of jail. Just done nine months. Fought the case. Beat it. Mm-hmm. And. We were on intensive supervised probation in Virginia. I had to check in twice a week, piss at least once, and do whatever the fuck. If they called me and said, you need to get here, or where are you? I'm coming to see you. Don't move. Like, you had to do it. Mm-hmm. I get to fucking Moreno Valley. I check in at Paris because I got an interstate compact to change my probation. There was fucking, they, they're they like, you're going to meet us on Wednesday, Wednesday. And there's like forty fucking people in there, and I'm getting pulled up on by all these people. I'm like, bro, I don't know nothing about nothing. Where I'm coming from, I'm coming from Virginia, bro. That's where I'm coming from. And like some gnarly fools. And then like there's like thirty people in here, and she one by one goes through everybody, and then she comes to me and she's like, yeah, I'm looking at your record here. Um, doesn't look that bad. There's a m- box out front. Did you see it in the lobby? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's gonna take your picture. Do not come in here fucked up. Uh, I'm gonna test. Test you right now, and then I'm going to test you in 90 days. If you pass that one, do it three more times, and you're done. I'm like, what? Wow. So I did it for fucking, I had three check-ins over nine months, and then they fucking dismissed my probation. Yeah. Wow. It was fucking insane. California did not have the time to deal with me. I I, completed
3: probation one time, dude. The second time, they put me on, like, a two-year probation, and I just, same thing. They want me to come test every week. When they called, I had to be home, like, crazy shit. I was Mm -hmm. like. I just this is a setup for me. Like, just yeah, give me the t- how much time are you going to give me? Right, ninety just, days. <laughs> yeah. And then, so th- I convinced him to give me house restrict, uh, house arrest. Mm-hmm. I had two years. They gave me six months house arrest. Come on, I did the six months house arrest and was done. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, I did. I had five year felony. Line. I, I pull- had five year felony probation, three year joint suspension. And since I had a, since I have a strike, if I was to get wrapped up in anything, it would have been like five years eight months or some shit like that and they fucking held on to that in that formal probation and i was like one day i'm gonna be on informal they held on to that shit till i was like four years in
0: i'm pretty sure it's privatized you know? in a lot of places but in virginia in particular uh, like so the reason that we we they hit us with two felony robberies and or two malicious woundings which is a felony assault in virginia and a, Robbery and a home invasion charge We're on the fucking news Because if they keep you longer than six months They get paid $43,000 For every six months you're in, in jail oh, wow! So they fucking kept Postponing it like they kept us there for fucking nine months just fighting the case. Did they have yeah. a
3: CCA in Virginia? What's that? It's like a privately owned yeah. jail. Yeah, that's exactly where I was. Yeah, it was the was fucking too. worst, dude. Yeah. Mm. It's done by the, CCA.
0: The, the care is fucking, like, they don't give a fuck about you. The food is trash. Mm. It, and, like, it, privatized prisons, it's a fucking the industrial prison complex. Like, that's what it is. Like, they're getting paid oh, off the, your name, your are an art.
3: Their guards are just hired to. Oh, watch. the biggest fucking jabronis. So, say a fool's getting shanked by eight people, they can't do nothing. They have to wait for yeah, the sheriffs to show up. That's all they are. They can't intervene on anything. Mm. So, by the time the sheriffs came up, Slaughter that was done, dude. Yeah. yeah. Done.
0: That's wild. Is yeah. it like that here?
3: Nah, dude, we got. I, we, I was from, by the sheriff. I've
1: been at, some, I've been at a place called uh, VVMC, VVMCCF. It's in Victorville. And uh, they have, they private, they hire, it's a privately owned prison. Mm-hmm. It's called, um, the guy that owns its name is Terry Moreland. He's a very rich guy. He, he lands a helicopter on his helipad and he comes in and it's a weird program. Like half of it is CDC and half of it is, Amer- they call it Maranatha. Maranatha only eats, um, doesn't eat anything with a mother. You no, know, there's no milk. There's no cheese. There's no eggs. There's no meat. And that's on that side. And you go to church on one side. <laughs> Then the other side's regular CDC program, and uh, there was a riot, man, and and basically the they hire locals around. I call them Oompa Loompas because they're fucking <laughs> like they're like like. I don't want to be, I don't want to say mean names, but they're like local people from the high desert, dude. Not sure. I mean, they got, some of them have like one yellow tooth that's migrated. Oh, crawdad ass motherfucker. There's a fat old man that looks like Skipper and he's going, come on troops. Go back to your bunks. Come on troops. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm slaughtering people with a fucking mop ringer, dude. Like everybody I hit with a mop ringer stayed on the ground until the gooners actually come. And it's this warfare what's going off. People are being chased around, jumping off the tier. They're, they're. It's crazy. Then the gooners come, and the, the gooners all look like Hulk Hogan, right? You know what I mean? And they're fucking gnarly. And it's snowing outside. And they said, uh, the sergeant comes in and he goes, he has us all on the ground. We're all sprayed, just gnarly fucking uh, uh, oleoresin capsicum. Oh spray. OC. Yes. Oh, see. And so we're all we're all choking. And there's people. There's people that are fucking maimed dude like they're not moving there's a couple people that got like put in dust pants but (laughs) the the lieutenant comes in he goes every man swinging dick is getting on a bus and going to a fucking another prison everybody strip out naked we're going outside until I find out what the fuck is every man swinging dick is going to go out and stand in the snow naked until I figure out what's going on I said well you don't have to worry about me I ain't swinging nothing in the snow (laughs) 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 But yeah, it was it was it was pretty gnarly. So you, how long did you have to stand in the cold? <laughs> it was a trip because um, <clears throat> they they put us all. They put the whites and the Mexicans in one chow hall, and then they put the blacks in the other. Until it was people were pissing and shitting in fucking empty coffee cans and things like that, and they the buses were coming, taking taking everybody to other places, other places, and uh, <clears throat> there was forty one people left at that prison, and they were all white. And there was no room for us anywhere else. So, and because we didn't hurry up and get our paperwork filled out, we stayed sleeping up against the wall as far away from the poopy um, cans as we could. Yeah. Until it was inhumane for us to, for them to keep us in that room any longer. They let 41 of us go back to the, to the big dorm. And mind you, everybody's stuff is in their lockers and they're, they're gone. Right. So and there's nobody to watch us. They'd come and count us. We put our we put our, we put mats in front of the TV. It's like 41 of us. we it's all of us. You know what I mean? And then uh, when as soon as they'd leave the dorm, they'd lock it up. I was a fucking thief, dude. I was peeling lockers. I had like 24 cans of bugler.
0: Holy I had fucking shit!
1: Watches. I had all kinds of watches. I had all kinds of radios. I had all kinds of. I was fucking peeling lockers, dude. Stealing tobacco. Then they took the tobacco and they said, you can smoke what you have left, but after this date, you can smoke what you have left, but you can't purchase anymore. But I had enough fucking tobacco for everybody, dude. Like, I, I, I peeled everybody. Everybody that got rolled up, I stole their shit. I oh, before
0: I, it got shipped to their fucking next it person. It never got shipped. It never, never got, got shipped. All
1: the lockers got peeled. They were locked. All the lockers got peeled open. You walk down the, you walk down the bunks and the, the bunks and the lockers, they're all peeled open, and I've already ransacked. Through. I ransacked them all. I did it all what so i had tobacco so you, you got your throwing sh- tobacco throwing tobacco throwing tobacco, throwing tobacco. I, my whole locker was full of tobacco the bottom half was fucking cans and cans of Bugler, dude. i had plenty
0: so let me get this straight they shipped out everybody else and they never got their shit
1: nope oh nope. nope for and then slowly but surely they brought in new lockers and they brought like six people a week to fill it back up of course maranatha side the maranatha side didn't riot it was only the CDC. Side okay, that, and what right? the fuck is the Maranatha side? Maranatha, you go to church, you eat a vegan a vegan diet, and you have a little bit more um, you have a little bit more privileges, it's a little less it was a it program? Was no, no, it's fucking prison. It's 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 a fucking privately owned prison. Like I was doing a a prison term, a three year, eight month prison term. It's a secure level two. Secure level two with no gun. So all they have is Spray and electricity. That's all they and and they have a dum dum, but they don't bring the dum dum gun out.
2: That shit's a motherfucker too.
1: (laughs) But so Maranatha's like over there, you know, kumbaya Bible study, and then the CDC the CDC side's going off like it went off. It was it was gnarly. I
0: guess I'm not understanding. So what would get you sent to Maranatha?
1: You choose to go to Maranatha if you act right. Oh, what the fuck! It's a privilege. I cooked, I was, I was AM lead man culinary chef at Maranatha. So I made, I made a gluten fried steak, you know, Sick and I cooked, I cooked for both for both sides. Believe me, you don't want to eat Maranatha side food. Gluten fried steak is like this gelatinous fucking shit that costs a grip of money. And when you pull it out, you can grab handfuls of it and like pick up this big blob of stuff and you throw it on the table and it just sits there wiggling. It's like gelatinous, and you can make steaks out of it, and then you cook it like, cook it like a steak. Now the CDC side, I was on the dock for that delivery, is fucking chicken. Right? We call it yard bird.
2: <laughs>
1: you have to hurry up and cook it before it thaws, because it stinks. And the boxes say, uh, "War surplus, <clears throat> nineteen <clears throat> seventy something, export to Russia only." Wow. It was frozen chicken. It, it was yard bird. That's what the CDC side eats. That's the chicken the CDC side eats. They were saving money. They were saving money, feeding this fucking rotten fucking <laughs> war surplus. Wow. When and I
3: was f- locked up, I was in a county for like a year, and I got a job in the kitchen, and they had these big blocks of meat, and on the side Hello. of the box it would say, not for human consumption. Right, exactly. For animal feed only. Yeah. And that was the shit.
1: That what? Yes. Yeah. Fucking gnarly. Say right in big print, not for human consumption.
3: <laughs> and we ate the shit out fuck of that yeah. stuff, <laughs> bro.
0: I fucking hated eating trays. I loved it. That shit was
2: my shit. Yeah, uh, maybe you got good trays in. Nah, I was just broke as fuck when I was in there.
0: I would. They literally <laughs> predicted the menu out, or you would yeah. get it from the trustees. Yep. And I would. There were many days that I would trade up to just have like, I'll eat two meals. I'm trading up homie pancakes for fucking the bologna sandwich cuz I fucking hate bologna. It, I fuck god, bro. That's a shit, bro. Dude, what the fuck? Every
1: every institutional learning facility I've ever been to, every institutional the, learning facility. The, the fucking cha-cha, the cha-cha from the stealing the fucking whatever's in the the dry pantry and the cold storage right. in the kitchen. The inmates are booking the fuck out of that shit, any blocks of cheese, any fucking uh, officer dining room food like swordfish and fucking, what? you know what I mean. What? It's a constant state of oh, here comes the paint crew. They got empty fucking toolboxes, dude, and it's already set up. We already have their shit. We already have fucking pounds of bacon fried. We have pre-made carne asada burritos that the dudes are selling. It's fucking going down, dude. We're fucking robbing the fuck out of them all the fucking time. <laughs> that was <laughs> it's a tr- part of the fun part, dude. Like. Even the, free staff, even the free staff painter boss, he knows what's going on because they're there to paint, but they only have one toolbox that has fucking any paint shit in it. The rest are all empty to fucking transport the shit back through work change to get it back to the yard yeah. to where it goes. It's a fucking hustle, dude. It's badass.
0: Dude, so I've never told this story. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I got sent to the brig twice. Mm. And one time I did fucking nine months there. Mm. And one of the dudes I went to boot camp with ended up being a fucking prison guard in the brig he was a p or a pmo but so in the military you either go like you work as a fucking gate guard or a cop or blue falcon or you end up working the fucking brig and it sucks well this dude worked in the fucking kitchen with me he got me hooked up working with the bakers i used to he would go they kept the nutmeg under lock and key but he would bring it to me and never say a thing about it i was fucking smuggling nutmeg back up into the fucking dorm and handing it out because if you eat enough nutmeg it gets you fucked up and That's then we great. also, because I worked in the kitchen, like visits were there. There was this, this couple, this dude, this army kid actually was there at a Marine Corps brig. His wife brought in a can of dip and some fucking, uh, OCs. I didn't want anything to do with OCs, but I, I got handed off the bag and fucking, I was like, half this dip is mine. <laughs> and we were fucking, that was how we got nicotine in there. I, that like came back to me something like, fuck, I forgot about that. I've what? never, I never worked as a
2: trustee. I was, when I went in, I did, so the first time I went in, I did three months. Like, I was only in county. I only did county time. But, like, I did three months the first time. I did six, eight, and nine. And um, I was a trustee for, like, two two weeks. Two minutes? No, like, it was, like, two weeks, bro. And I was like, damn, this is so fucking sick. The doors are open. Yeah. Fucking, uh, like, you dress in your whites, and you could go out and go into the kitchen. And the kitchen was dope. And then some shit happened in my dorm, and I got mistaken for somebody, you know? They thought I was somebody else, and I was like, you can't say shit. So I was like, fuck it, you know? And I got rolled out.
1: That's how you were a rapper?
2: Huh? Nah. <laughs> hey. Nah. I guess something had happened in the bathroom, and the dude was my bunkie and shit like that, and I just didn't say nothing, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So they fucking took me off the rack, and they put me back in blues and shit. But when I was in blues, you know, the homie goes, hey, ask for a diet tray. We'll take care of you and shit. And he gave me a diet tray, and he put jalapenos in there. I hate spicy food. He put, you know, like a bunch of shit I don't eat. But I was hooked up to homies and shit. But
1: I tripped out. I tripped yeah. out on on the, when I was in the kitchen. There's there's different um, dietary. Like if you say, if you say you're Jewish, they give yeah. you a, they give you a kosher meal, mm. and the kosher meal is fucking bomb, dude. It has yeah. like hard boiled eggs in it. It has fucking salad with fucking you know ranch dressing on it. Good vegetables, like bomb ass food, right? Okay. There's all these fucking. Full on fucking Nazi fucking dudes. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> do you get a kosher got, meal? Yeah, they get a kosher meal. They got a swastika on their forehead. Fucking insane. So they, also, they
3: would do like this fucking patty that they would give people that were on fucking in lockdown. It was just like a... I don't even know what the fuck. It's it where they
0: like. mash up all the food and they put it in the yeah, oven. Yeah, and they just mm.
3: make like a fucking Oof. pie or something oh, like God. out of it. And it's disgusting, it's bro. I forgot what
0: the fuck they call it. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like bread pudding. It, but it would all almost be-
3: look black. With like celery would look and like a, chunks of a shit. It a big, in big it. black
0: cookie. Uh, <laughs> that's they would eat em. Dead ass though, the brig was fucking gnarly. So there was no no fucking tobacco. And the guards there were hoping that you would just if you they they would gang up and they'd be like he put his hands up and then they would fucking assault you mm. and they would take you down and beat the fuck out of you and mm. then they would lock you up in the fucking back and it was like OG ass one man cells and if you fucking like I got put back there when I first got there for because I was in there for assault so they give you what's called PVD, potentially violent and dangerous. So they keep you locked up for 14 days back there. While I was back there, I learned about this. They beat the fuck out of some dude, brought him back there. I saw him get drug in mm. and then he was fucking throwing piss on them. Ooh. Then they beat the shit out of him again and then put him on the other side in fucking solitary and gave him bread and water mm. for two weeks. Ooh, yeah. So they, they give you, you can get the rules, the Bible and bread and water for two weeks. Man. That dude came out still bruised up emaciated, like, crying, I'll never do any, like, they would fuck you up. I saw many a dude get that shit kicked out of him. But
2: you know what, like, like, it was a trip, because like, when I was, when I went in, and they send you to Central, and like, you're in Central, and I was in Central for like, two, three days, and I'm in there, and everybody's like, oh, you don't want to go to Bailey. You go to Bailey, it's the Thunder Domes, and da 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 and I was like, eh, whatever. This is back in, like, 2006, 2007, and... I fucking end up going to Bailey, like two weeks in, and I end up going to Bailey. And I go to Bailey, and you hear dudes like you could hear them just pounding, cause I guess they just knew that, like we were coming in, and they were just pounding on the fucking windows. And like I guess there was just a riot there, and there's t- <laughs> the windows like cracked, and I'm like 120 pounds, fucking six foot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck, you know. And the hom- one of the dudes was like, hey, whatever you do, don't st- don't sit down on the the benches yet. I was like. I was don't like, all cut, right,
1: don't cut the tables. I was like, all right, ta- you can't walk between the tables. You, gotta, yeah. you can't come to you can't come down to the child with no uh-huh. socks on your feet. Yeah, there's ru- there's rules that, like one corner of the triangle is black. One corner of the triangle is Mexican. Uh-huh. And one corner of the triangle you can cut between the white and the Mexican tables if you have permission. But you cannot cut the black tables, man. That's your first beat down right there. Mm-hmm. I never did it, man. Like I followed the dude. I followed one of the dudes. Some yes. big dude. He said, "Don't cut the tables. Follow me when we go in there." Mm. But there's all these. There people are just waiting for people to beat up. You can't fucking come down to Chow with no socks on your feet. Nobody wants to look at your nasty ass feet. There's toilets you have to use. You can't. You know. Mm. I've, I've, you know. It, anyways, do we always have to talk about jail? I always have. To, <laughs> uh, know, it always I, go I fucking was going to change oh, no. the subject I, by
3: saying this. Yeah. Do all it. these stories <laughs> make me think of one thing? I don't ever have to go there again. Fucking A. I don't ever, ever have to eat that food again. Mm. I don't ever have to get beat up by a CEO. No, I don't no, ever have to no, follow no. prison politics or jail or any no, of that shit. No. I don't ever I don't ever have to do that again. Not ever, man. Yeah. And like, as long as I ever. keep doing what I'm doing and and putting one foot in front of the other, that'll never be part of my story ever again.
1: Ever mm.
0: again, bro. You know. So where we let off with this was what we think is going on with people that are getting off the streets or getting into recovery now and how they they're entitled or they feel like they should be catered to. I just, I specifically remember it being a lot different for me. And this is where I probably have a responsibility if I want to see it get back to like, I genuinely I'm like we need to make it a little bit rougher around the edges. Like some motherfuckers need to be told to shut the fuck up and sit down or like you stop, stop catering to these newcomers or they're going to die. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, and, and that was my point, like by saying what I said, I wasn't dogging the people in my house because there's some great people that are really trying to change their lives. But what I meant is we're not going to participate that pampering and, you know, you yeah. bring them. Okay, you're being funded. Okay, that's all good and that's all great, but you're going to fucking do something. Mm-hmm. You got a job? No, you're going on an application tool. What is that? You got to do six applications a week. You're going to get a job. You got a sponsor? No, you got two weeks to get a sponsor. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Did you do yep. your chore? No, I didn't. Well, you need to do it. Now you're doing an extra hour of chore. Like There right. needs to be... You know, the funding, I think, is helping a lot of people get off the streets that probably wouldn't get off the streets. And then a lot of them are getting in our house and seeing how other people's lives are changing, which is what happened to me when I got exactly, clean. I exactly. seen the people around me, and I got stuck with some winners, and I stuck with them, and I followed what they did. So a lot of these people are coming in the house, and they're seeing how things go, and they're like, okay, I need to get with it, or I need to get the fuck out. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. And because yeah. of that, they're having a lot of success. But if we continue to pamper them, like their parents have been doing their whole life, most of them. Yeah. We're, they're going to get the same shit they've always
1: gotten. And, and, mm. and, 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 you know, and, and just because you're clean, that doesn't change the fact that the world is a fucking rough place, man. You got to fucking, you got to do something, man. You got to do something for yourself, for yourself. You got to help yourself in order to get the help. You can't just, you can't just get help. It won't work. You have to, you have to be a part of it. Cause the only time that help ever worked for me is when I was actually helping myself. And, and it's a trip because eventually my parents said, Hey, we miss you. You know, mm-hmm. we'll come pick you up and drive you home. And they came and they picked me up and they drove me back to my sober living. And that's how it went for, I had, I had little visits with my family for, for a long time, you know, where it started to be like enjoyable. And I was, and I, And I became who I I really am. Like, I wasn't ever really who I was, you know, maybe when I was a kid. But once I was a teenager and started using drugs, I was like that for fucking decades. Mm -hmm. And the crime crime went with it. But, fuck, I'll tell you what, walking into a Walmart... Wasn't that enjoyable, fresh out? You know what I mean. I was, I was fucking it made me feel weird. I, I fucking elbowed somebody mm-hmm. in their fucking eyeball. This little Filipino dude, I elbowed him in his eye because I was like backed up against it. I didn't even know what the fuck I was there for. Like, the only reason why I go to Walmart is for dart parts, dude. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, man. <laughs> now I go to Walmart with the fuck me and my roommate. We go two carts, dude. We just fucking buy whatever the fuck we want because we want food in our cell. I always always clown and say it's a pretty nice fucking cell, dude. Like, we live in a nice ass fucking cell. You got a pretty solid celly too. Hey, shout out to Jason, man. That fucking kid is solid as fuck. I love him, man. I'm glad. Fucking fucking perfect fucking roommate.
0: I like how the relationships I see being formed as a result of. Me, Rafa, and Dustin putting this clothing brand together. Like it's mm. introduced it us to so it many is. people.
1: Yeah, that's how I met the kid, man. Is he came to a ride and he was sick of his life and he he he's quit drinking and using meth for fucking five months, and he's on a Harley, and he's he was doing I think he was doing tile at the time, but he didn't want to do that anymore, so he went and got a little rad ass job at Harley Davidson. Now he runs motor clothes, El Cajon Harley, and he fucking he works a lot. He doesn't want to go in the morning, but he does it anyways. <laughs> and uh absolutely the the relationships that I've got since I've been clean man are fucking worth everything to me because like I went to, I went to Amberly and Ian's for fucking tacos last night and fucking Amberly's a good cook dude like chick can fucking throw down like delicious tacos and she's like you guys want more I already I already I, Destroyed for It's them.
0: too bad she'll never hear this compliment because she doesn't fucking listen to the podcast.
1: Well, it's been ooh. another no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, but uh, but anyways, then we all went to a meeting together at Holly Street, and that was fucking weird as fuck. <laughs> was it, was it? A fucking weird meeting, bro? Like there was a lot of solid ass people there, but a couple, of, you know, J cats were there, and one particular J cat was was the first to share, and I, he already has rubbed me the wrong way for a long time. We don't talk about it, but yeah. Anyways, it was just weird, but it, I was with all my people. You know what I mean? We rode motorcycles. We park on the sidewalk. That's how I like to roll. You know what I mean? I like to I like to ride. You know, I've only been to I've only been to Waring. I thought about the other night. I go to Waring Road on Friday night, and uh, last Friday night was the second time I drove my truck in eleven fucking years, dude. Really, 11 years, dude. Like i every time I've ever been to that meeting, I'm on a fucking motorcycle, and that is how I live, man. And that's because I'm clean. Because I. I, I because I don't have to ride in the druggy bus or anymore, you know what I mean? Shout out to the druggie bus, dude, because the people that show up, you know, six or eight of them at a time and one from one location, man, they're getting it. I love to see people get it, man. I, I love to see people get it. I watch, I watch people from a distance if I don't really know them as I'm getting to know them, and, and I watch people's whole life change, man, and their fucking skin gets smoother, their eyes get clearer, they start talking with more with, with more pro, with more confidence and, like, with momentum. And uh, fuck, I watch everybody's lives, and this everybody right here, all, all our lives, just stay pretty good, steady getting better. Oh, life is real good. Life, life is, is good, good, man. Like life is good.
3: At the same time, life is what we make it. You know what it I'm is. saying? Our circles, what we make it. It is. You know what I'm saying? It we is. are the company we keep. We're hanging out with dirtbags. We're gonna be a dirtbag. We're hanging out with positive people that are trying to move forward and do better in life. That's what the fuck we're gonna do, and yep. that's that's who I kick it with, and that's what the fuck I'm gonna do is I'm gonna keep trying harder to be a better person and to help other people and and just stay on the right track. Hell yeah, hell yeah, because it's like that.
0: It'd be like,
1: like that. that. It'd be like that sometimes. I was I was on doubt
2: for a hot
0: second. Oh, dude, I got a fucking. I'm a fucking idiot. I meant to fucking. Uh, <laughs> Post to uh, ask us some questions. I'm gonna do it right now and see if we get any. Yeah. Oh. How, how do you guys feel about
2: um? What is it? Suboxone?
3: Well, I mean, like my personal opinion is that whatever it takes. You know what I mean? When I got clean, that wasn't a thing. It was like you weren't clean if you were doing suboxone. But like my opinion is, is whatever it takes, dude. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it ain't my like my recovery's my recovery. Their recovery's their recovery, and and, like, I don't even care. Like, as long as you're trying to do something different, you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't believe in it as a long-term treatment plan, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, it's like, who am I to judge someone else's recovery, you know? Like, that's up to the individual, you know, like, you know, like, that's how I feel about that. Right, like, right. You know, whatever it takes, man, to get you started. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I don't i don't believe in it as a long term you know uh maintenance plan i'm not really i don't really believe in that but whatever it takes i think
1: yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't think maintenance is any good and and i don't think i don't, for me for me it just doesn't work man if i fucking if i open up the window a crack the window gets slammed open <clears> man like if i'm if i if i get to smoke pot and, and and say I'm clean or if I get to take some some whatever that shit's called Suboxone or whatever to stay well I, it ain't gonna work it ain't gonna work for me I can't I can't I put everything I put pills weed uh maintenance everything heroin methamphetamine I, I never I, I'm not with the fentanyl fucking uh, era man I got clean before that shit hit really hard so did I and uh I'm a fucking dirty fucking street drug person. I like black tar heroin, man. I like chunks of fucking yellow crystal fucking shards, you know <laughs> what I mean? And uh God knows I tried to die on that shit, but I didn't die, you know, and I know a lot of people did, but not as many as people are dying from now. Like mm. I think that it's a trip,
2: man, but Yeah. Yeah, like my my biggest thing with it is like if if you're doing it, if you're gonna do it to like because fentanyl is really strong, so like if you're gonna do it to like get off of it, that's cool, like you were saying like it's not a long term solution at all, you know, and once you start abusing it, that's when I have an issue, yeah you know well, what I mean, I'm saying like
3: I agree with what Charlie said, yeah, you know what i'm saying if i if I start drinking too much soda and then exactly. I start drinking, then i start you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. I start okay in this. Right. my behaviors right. and then it's like well fuck it I could smoke a joint hey. and then I smoke a joint it's like I could drink a beer hey. next thing you know I got a needle and a crack pipe in over my the, hand over the past mm.
1: 10 years man I've been in recovery and I've stayed clean I've, I, I, and I pride myself on no matter what like my clean date nobody can fucking take it from me only I can take it from myself mm-hmm. and I refuse so that part but, but what I'm saying is I've had people come, come into my life that I loved and I got to know them, and then it kind of eased away from the program, and pretty soon they're drinking it. And I'm talking particularly about near beer. Uh-huh. I've had so many fucking people over the years say, I drink a, I drink a f- whatever the fuck it is, a near beer. O'Doul's. O'Doul's or whatever. St. Pauli's girl. Sharp. And fucking— O'Doul's. And every person that has ever explained to me and rationalized why they did that— They end up having a real beer and then fucking hitting a fucking pipe and going down the fucking tubes again. But they have all the answers when they're defending the near beer. That is your addiction, dude. Whatever tells you that it's cool to drink something that tastes like a beer, that's the fucking devil. (laughs)
3: Uh, Their disease is building them up. Yeah, fucking dude. Doing some fucking
1: push-ups and trying to fucking artfully fucking chip away at the fucking brick wall that we build. (laughs) To protect ourselves.
3: Hey, we went to this show the other night, right? And there was a band before the main, the headliner. And he was like, I got 10 years clean from cocaine. And the whole audience is like, fuck yeah, right? They're all excited and shit. And he does this song. And then the next song, he's like, you know, I got 10 years from clean from cocaine. But, you know, I like to drink whiskey and smoke weed. And uh, Tiffany Piker was with us. And she's like, I guess that's Tennessee clean, like. Yeah. You know <laughs> like people get confused, but yeah. you mm. know, like it shows like a difference between what people in recovery and how they live, and people who don't work recovery. Right? right. Okay, he stopped doing cocaine. That's fucking rad. Yeah. But he's drinking whiskey every fucking night. You know what I mean? So right. how,
1: for me, how long am I going to be able to drink whiskey before I do start it? doing the cocaine? So what I would say, what I would eventually say is. I only do coke every once in a while when I get really drunk <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs> and just so happens. I get really drunk way more often than I used yeah, to. Yeah, so right. coke every, every night, It's yeah. the same shit with that harm
0: reduction. Like mm. I, as I understand it, harm reduction is, well, as long as I'm not slamming heroin or as long as I'm not smoking meth or as long as I'm not fucking doing fentanyl, like smoking weed is okay. Like that's, Harm reduction because yeah. it's not as harmful, right? right. Like, That's right.
3: not a long-term solution. Fuck no, it's not a long-term solution. You know the 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 only part that I agree with the Suboxone thing is a lot of people that are starting out on Suboxone they end up getting involved or introduced into a twelve-step yeah. program. Yeah, right. Right, and then when they get involved in that twelve-step program, they start to realize, okay. The 12-step program told me that this isn't okay. I need to get rid of it. So that's the only reason that I'm okay with it like that is because it usually leads to a 12-step program. And then they start to get educated about what clean is really, you know, is. And then they're like, okay, I need to cut that out Mm. because I'm not really clean. Right. You know what I mean? They come to that solution. Right. You know, it's not mine.
1: And that's the trick. I was telling somebody the other night, the minute that getting clean was my idea, it worked when it was my parents' idea, when it was a, a pro agent's idea, it never worked. But somehow or other, if people come up with the idea that, hey, I don't want to take that anymore because I'm, I, maybe their eyes are open and they realize maybe they can do it and there's a chance. Yeah. And then they are become strong in that and they realize they can do it and then they do it for a little while and then they keep doing it and they're like, fuck, I've said it many, many times. I told myself, I'm going to stay clean for a fucking year. Yeah. See if the quality of my life changes, yep. right? And at the end of that year, I'm going to check. Well, I forgot to look, man, at one year. I looked when I have five. Mm. Because life got busy and life, life started to... Things started to spool up and I started to have other things, a whole other perspective on what, what the potential was for, you know... I man, I, I fucking travel. I fucking rode my motorcycle 80,000 miles. I fucking... I, I've, I've been in and out of love. I fucking had fun. I've, I've had a lot of fucking fun. I've seen badass places. I've multi-states with multiple knuckleheads on on motorcycles. Some of the best times I've ever had was with you guys on the bikes faraway places not even really doing anything that good i think we ate at the same restaurant every night right <laughs> <laughs> when we were in utah we fucking ate at the same texas restaurant. texas roadhouse texas three times roadhouse
0: three fucking times. fucking love them fucking biscuits jake's birthday yeah, every day so yeah. yeah jake's
1: birthday they kept on singing to him boy oh boy yeah they did
0: yeah, yeah and this yeah. motherfucker just had the audacity to message me on here how many more times you gonna have charlie on there
1: as many fucking times as i want oh. that- Oh, Jake's punk ass said that? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Get it yet? That's not even
0: nice, Jake. (laughs) Yeah, that's not even nice. (laughs) Dude, so back to the suboxone thing. And I want to just a group consensus. What is the most terrifying thought or feeling you can have as an opiate user, a heavy opiate user? Anybody? No more opiates. Yeah. Being sick, right? Mm. Being Being sick sick is fucking terrifying. yeah. Suboxone removes that. Yeah. Mm. Where where I'm from, heroin is a pretty fucking like most of people in narcotics anonymous are either in there for smoking crack or they're in there for heroin. And being sick is the most terrifying thing. But when you get clean and you go through that fucking being sick for like three to five to seven days, I I can't really say I've ever really been super sick. I've been Jonesy as fuck, but I've never. I I used to think that I had kicked until I saw somebody kick. And oh, that shit yeah. is terrifying. Uh-huh. So when you take suboxin, you remove that that opportunity to learn about what you never want to fucking feel again. Being sick has kept so many addicts fucking clean because they were like, "Remember when you had been fucking doing dope for what felt like six years, and then you had to fucking kick, and you were fucking lying on the bathroom floor shitting your pants, and you couldn't even yeah. walk back to your fucking yeah.
1: bed? Everything hurts. Mm-hmm. You go to puke and go to sh- go to puke and shit at the same time, and yeah. it's liquid." And fucking your hair and your arms fucking hurts. Your teeth hurts, your eyes. You can't sleep. Can't fucking sleep. You got me, I get fucking restless leg syndrome. Yeah. I'm Jimmy Leg as a motherfucker. I'm still mad at Jake because he asked you that. (laughs) I love love you, Jake. (laughs) Fucking, I feel like
0: being sick for opiate addicts is a fucking, it's a key part of staying clean. Because when you fucking, well, Oh, just I'll taper off. Like you lose that. Yeah. But at the same time, how many times you kicked? Have I?
1: Uh, Mentally, mentally, I would fucking bolster myself to not be sick. I would pull out all the stops. That's the difference for me with meth and heroin is heroin. When I'm potentially going to run out of heroin, when I'm strung out, I become willing to do fucking anything.
3: Well, true, but I mean, I've been dope sick so many times, and guess what? I still used again. You know what I'm saying? So, just being dope sick isn't always gonna make me stop. Right. You know what I mean? I've right. been shot, stabbed, beat, lost everything. That didn't make me stop. Right. But you when you, know what you did get saying? clean, were you sick? Uh, no, you went. To, you went to rehab. Yeah, I went into rehab and was on some boxing for three days. Two, three days. Yeah,
2: like a quick taper. Um, no, we ain't had that shit in Crash Pro. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I really got wild. pretty lucky, you know yeah, what I mean,
3: yeah. where, I, where I went. And yeah. and I went in dope sick and didn't know that the Suboxone was going to be an option. And I was just fucking kicking hard. Uh, and the guy was like, dude, why aren't you on Suboxone? And I'm like, huh? You know, they'll give you Suboxone for three days. Oh, they will? Fucking sign me up. Window cracked. Right? <laughs> but yeah. here, here's my point, though. And then I got introduced to the 12-step program, right? They right, told right. me that I'm not clean if yeah. I'm doing that. So then I was like, I don't, you know, don't they know offered it as yeah. an option, a maintenance program. Yeah. Right. Now this program that I'm involved in told me that I'm not clean if I'm taking that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fuck yeah. So yeah. It, it was a process. And, you know, like I, I think that as an addict, a recovering addict, like I, I can't judge you for how you get here. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But if you get here the way I got here and -hmm. you see the things that I see in these Mm 12-step programs, then you're going to learn what I learned, right? And that's going to change. But whatever it takes to get you here is what matters to me i don't care what it is mm. i don't care what happened i don't care what you're on i don't care because i know if you get here and you give it a shot like i did you're gonna get what i got mm. right. if you want something different you got to start doing yeah. something different Hell yeah. Yeah. so you know what i mean it's like not my job to judge the person on what they're doing or how they're doing it to get love, here I love, I love. once they get here they're gonna learn how we do it yeah you know what i mean or they're not mm-hmm. you know for me i had to make a life choice right i had to make a life choice You know, and when I was young, I was like, yo, Holmes, we're going to be in prison and we're going to die. That's what our life has in store for us. You know what I mean? That wasn't the case. Yeah. (laughs) out, Holmes. once I came into recovery and (laughs) I Uh, started to see the way people were living and I was like, "Okay, Michael, you need to make a choice. Do you want to die or go to prison or do you want to see what these fools are doing? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And everyone around me was doing good and happy. I wanted to be happy. You know, I spent my whole life wanting people to fear me. I'm a tough guy. I'll fuck you up. You yeah. know, my whole life. And when I got in recovery, I realized I just wanted some love. Yeah, man. And
1: I just wanted to give some love. I just, I just want to be loved. Want, you know, want so people, when I die, I want people to say nice things about me. Me wanting man. to be a tough mm. guy
3: was, was an act, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be loved, man. And I want to show love. And still today,
2: I want to be loved and I want to show love. So, like, the first, the first three, the first, Woo. let's talk about this real quick. I know when I first got in the crash, they had... All these rules and stuff and on the rules like i was just looking at them and stuff like that and one of them was uh you know you need to drop your old uh street image and attitude you know in order to phase up to uh phase two of the program did you guys think that that was possible three days in to your recovery
1: I I started uh, counting my days when I went to jail. Mm. So I didn't do any program when I was in jail, but I also didn't do any heroin or crystal when I was in jail or Mm. smoke any pot when I was in jail. So the minute I got out of jail and the, the counselors took me to the program I was with a mixed basket of uh, nationalities in the house. Right. There was big black dudes. There was big Mexican dudes. There was a couple of little skinny white dudes, and there was girls, <clears throat> all different color girls. And uh, so I didn't really want to stand out at all. Mm. So except for you know, fun, I'd be I'm funny. Like safety mechanism for for me is be funny, right? Right? Like, right. and plus it's kind of natural. Yeah. Like just. <laughs> Shit that's happened to me is funny, so I could talk about it, whatever. But um, then being clean and not lying about anything Mm. and going to meetings and listening to people that I feel like have real fucking problems, like real fucking struggles that make me look at, you know, my struggle and my problems and take a little different look at it. And then the, what the program has made me do, made me do is take a look at myself. And I realized all the time that I put myself in every fucking position I was ever in. Mm-hmm. I did that to my parents. Mm-hmm. I did that to that person. I worked that, per, I worked those people. I worked whoever I could work for what I wanted to get. And at the end, it wasn't anything but drugs. Mm. And then, the drug stopped working, but if I was really high, if I was high and I was about to do some crime, I'd get an adrenaline rush when I was doing the crime. So that was as high as I wanted to be super high and doing crime and getting away with it. That was the ultimate rush. <clears throat> and then I'm driving a stolen car everywhere I go. And that's a rush. I don't even feel normal if I'm not driving a stolen car. Like I don't even fucking feel normal. So that was another part of the part of a rush. But the t- I, you know I'm not particularly tough tough as you like whatever but uh, the pers- my persona just kind of was born when I got clean man because I was a, was a different a completely different rattlesnake the whole time I was high I was mm. always fucking manipulated, always stealing anything that wasn't bolted down I stole I would steal from people and I would help them look for this shit and I would you know I would I do a lot of stupid shit
2: you know the craziest thing. The craziest thing that a lot of people say is like, um, it's the behaviors that lead to your, you know, yep. your disease and everything yep. like that. So a lot of the a lot of what I was taught was, you know, you need to change the behaviors, um, pri- like, and then like slowly, certain things to start coming in there to hand. You know. Um, But one of the behaviors that and I talked about this last time, uh, last time about it, like I still to this day look at medicine cabinets because I'm a pill popper. dog. That's just what I do. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's gotten better. Like, I don't do that that much, but it's it's definitely like a fucking like negative behavior that has followed me all the way from my addiction till now
0: sick asshole yeah yeah
2: do any any of you guys
1: still have something like that that pops up every now and then i worked at a church and uh one of my one of my part-time jobs i had when i was early in recovery was wednesday i worked at a church i set up furniture and then sunday i went to the church and i set up the the courtesy table for Mm -hmm. the first and second service and there was a donation can right there on the table. They had donuts and muffins and fucking fruit and mm. coffee, decaf, tea, sugar, creamer, all that stuff. And then it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, they weren't charging, but there was a donation. So, and this is a church in Encinitas. So there's very wealthy people that go there. So at the end of the day, the last thing I do is I put the courtesy table away. And there's a lot of money in the, it's a big, it's a big, a uh, big uh, U-band jar. With a, cut, with a slit in the plastic top. At the end of the day, that thing's stuffed with money. And I, I trip out because I've been clean a couple, maybe two or three years. I'm counting the money. There's no change in the jar. It's stuffed with fucking paper. And fucking, I automatically do this thing, dude, where the ones go between my thumb and my, pointy, my pointing finger. Mm-hmm. The fives go between my, my pointer finger and my middle finger. And the 20s go down here because that's going in my pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to hand that off and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the 20s in my pocket just like that, like a holster. It's automatic. And I, and then I also look for cameras. Surve- like old school surveillance. Not like it is now. Like everything, whatever. Uh, yeah. But I tripped out because I wasn't planning on stealing that money, but I put it where it went when it was going to go in my pocket. I, I still did that. And I thought to myself, you're still here? Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked, I looked up and there was no cameras. But I was at a church. So if you believe in God, like... There's a big there's a, there's a big surveillance camera at a church. Right? Like the surveillance camera is at a church, right? Jesus is just like, uh, really nigga. Uh, really? <laughs> what I was going to say is
3: my disease can appear in many different forms, you know what I mean? Right, right. All the time. You know, if it's if it's um I'm I'm feeding myself with sex or food or mm. or whatever, you know, and like crazy thoughts come in my head all the time. You know what I mean? My disease tells me, you know, like I heard this fool telling me he made like a hundred thousand dollars, uh, sneaking people over the border. Right. And my disease says, fool, you got a seven seater. You could do that. You know what (laughs) what I mean? Like shit like that comes up all the time where I think, Oh man, nobody will know about this. You know what I mean? But
0: I have to remind myself that
3: I will know about this. You know what I mean? I would know about this. bro. I'm already rationalizing that in my head. I'm literally
0: already like, they deserve an opportunity to live in America. It's only right that I give them the opportunity that was afforded to me. You know, my
3: disease will co-sign some shit in oh, a yeah. minute, oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. I, I have to remember that y'all might not know about it, but I would know about it, and I have to live with it, right? Yeah. And guilt, man, I'm just not okay with that guilt anymore. No. Mm. And that guilt causes me a lot of pain in my own mind, and, and I'm just not willing to fucking pay it. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not willing to sacrifice the pain that it'll cause me from from doing that shit so i try not but i i think that none of us because we get clean, do we get perfect no right Mm. we're just trying to get better so all of them behaviors that we had before we got clean we still got them motherfuckers right we're just learning to deal with them differently Right, yeah, yeah. we're trying to be better people and not do some of the things that we used to do. But that doesn't mean those thoughts don't come up from mm-hmm. time right. to time. Right. I could get away with this and nobody would know. Yeah,
0: yeah. but I would know,
3: you know. So
0: every weekend for me, if I'm in a different city, they don't know me. Yeah, they. I come in and they're like, "Hey, you got this amount of money for a budget for hospitality. What do you want? And do you need anything that's not at the store? Crack? It, no, for real. <laughs> they're like, "Do you? And do you need anything that we need to make a call for? And it's like. Uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I don't need nothing. I don't need fucking... I I need Red Bull and I need water. I just tell on myself. Because I think about that. Like, I've thought about it. I've played it out like, oh, I'm in this city for two nights. Like, all I got to do is... You know, I, I'll finesse this. Nobody will know. And then it's like. Oh, we'll know. Oh. We'll know. <laughs> or, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'd probably fuck up and call you. <laughs> well, what like, What's Look, going the,
1: on, the dude? Of My favorite part about vodka is I can always order another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: so Every weekend I'm faced with that. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. But you Ooh. know what, man? You're, you're, you're up on stage, dude. You're in your fucking element. Clearly, bro. Yeah. Like, clearly, that's where you belong. You wouldn't be as good, man. You wouldn't be as effective as you are if you were <sighs> fucked up. You're a thousand
0: percent correct. I would fuck your, your up edge, so bad. Your
1: edge would be gone, man. Your fucking fire in your eyes and your fucking in your spirit would be gone, bro. It, wouldn't <sighs> be, it might not be gone, gone. Like You'd probably fucking still pull it off and fucking... St- you know, you'd be crazy stage stage diving. You know what I mean? <laughs> give me, give me disco. Hey,
0: I'll be in San Francisco this weekend. Man.
1: What up? But up, uh, like, <laughs> I, I just don't think you, I don't think your fire would be as bright. And the perp, the people fucking deserve the best. You, bro, mm. Thank homie, you. we all deserve. I deserve you, bro. You deserve me. We deserve this fucking dude right. This fucking this giant guy. right here. Uh, this giant. Of a man, I'm not talking about his size. This giant, these giants that I hang out with, these wolves I hang out with, that fucking succeed, man, and they fucking, dude, my fu- our friends are cooler than your friends, mm. straight fact. up. It's a fact. It's a fact. Sorry, dog <laughs> You can come hang out with us. Yeah, we can become fuck, friends. Yeah, we yeah, can
0: yeah. be friends. We'll introduce you. <laughs>
2: like I, uh, I, I started uh, going into AA and you know working some of my steps through AA. With a, a old sponsor of mine that I had, and one of the things he told me, because um, I went, you know, I went out a town not too long ago, and uh, one of the things he told me, he was just like, you know what, Rafa, like, you're one of the sponsors that I really don't have to worry about. Like, you're going to one of the most fucking trying places out there, but you're one of the people that I don't need to really worry about. Um, One of the things that I will tell you, though, is that if you think there's—what do you say? He said, when when you end up thinking you could get away with something, that's when it becomes even worse. You know what I'm saying? Because then, say, like, you get away with it, right? And you don't get caught, you know? Then you just—it just— Keeps happening, right. keeps happening keeps happening right. keeps happening keeps happening keeps happening until eventually you do get caught and then when they end up looking at it it's just this long fucking this long arm of fucking just pits and abscess and everything like that in your arm you know when if you look at it and you just don't do whatever the fuck it is you had in your mind of doing you'll be fine you know and you live a better calmer life you know and so like You know, one of the biggest things that I've been working on, you know, um, this time with the Stepsons is, uh, relationships and mending relationships with, uh, my kids, baby moms, Samara and everything like that. And, uh, just trying to be a better person. And, um, he was, he was very adamant about that. Like just letting me know that like when you end up doing something and you end up getting away with it, like you, uh. You just continue to keep doing it Because you don't know you're doing anything wrong You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Or you know you're doing something wrong or whatever But shit nobody fucking knows Yeah but I, know? I feel like At it's like us Like
3: we might get away with it once or twice But then you just but keep next thing
2: you know until the wheels exactly. fall
3: off <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean the wheels. We're going until the wheels Whoa. fall off right. You know Yeah
1: yeah, I don't think I have, I don't have it in me. Man. I don't either, man. Yeah. I'm not willing to give up everything I have and what on. I've worked on I'm not and
3: the change that I've made in myself. I'm not willing to give it up. Not for nothing. Not for nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, nobody, I'm,
1: nobody would be glad to see me fucking. Nobody would be glad to see me no, anymore, man. I, no. I, I fucking live on that, man. I live with that. I live, I, I'd, I'd have to live with that and it would be my fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd I tell, have to start all over again. I tell
3: Brent all the time in my, in my addiction, they called me Mike, Mike. And so one of my friends from Indianapolis called and was like, what's up, Mike, Mike? And Brent was like, what the fuck? And I was like, you don't want to know Mike, Mike. He's not <laughs> a nice guy, right? <laughs> but when I start using, I turn into that guy, Mike, Mike, and he's not a good dude. He'll take your shit. He'll lie to you. He'll do your old lady. He'll do all that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't want to be that guy anymore, mm-hmm. man. Mm. It's, not, it's not as glamorous as I always thought it was. Right. You know what I mean?
0: No. Mike, Mike's not a good dude, and I'll never be that dude again. Mm. Right. God damn. Yeah. Boys, I think that's a fucking great, great departure right there.
1: I do. Well, we chopped it up. We did that.
0: We fucking did. I really appreciate you two coming on. You guys fucking crushed it. Rafa, thank you. Hey. This was an impromptu meeting of the LFG 1904 show, and you know the motherfucking deal.
1: You know the fucking deal.
0: Ride your shit, boys. Ride your shit. It's been another episode.
2: Bing bong!